Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hey everybody, this is Studio C41 and I'm Bill Manning and we are here for a one-on-one interview uh, with Analog.Cafe. This website, very, very interesting. Um, This is a website that started about a year ago uh, by a gentleman named Dimitri and uh, we have him here for an interview to talk about the website and um, and a little bit about himself. This is actually a very cool website where um, people, photographers, analog photographers, and it doesn't even just have to be photographers, uh, where people, creatives, submit their work to tell their stories and um, and gives everybody a platform to communicate that. So, uh, Dimitri, uh, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, how's it going, man? Good, good. Um, it's uh, nice and sunny here in Chiang Mai. How's it going for you? I'm not too bad. So what time is it over there? I, and it's about 930 for me when we're doing this recording right now. But what time is it over there for you? Uh, it's about 8.30 in the morning. That's not too terribly bad. So um, it, I guess you're one day ahead of me. So just you're close to Hong Kong time, right? Yes. Ah, okay, gotcha. Cool. So um, let me ask you this. So Analog Cafe uh, started about a year ago. I'm, well, let's backtrack. Let's we'll, we'll go back before that. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Dimitri. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so... I've been living and working in Canada for uh, 15 years. Uh, before that, I was a uh, little Russian kid. And so for living, I guess I do a lot of uh, work with computers. Uh, but uh, passion is obviously art. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of my parents are uh, former artists uh, in uh, Moscow. And, uh, you know, a lot of it has transferred into just wanting to express creatively. And uh, thankfully, internet allows to, uh, you know, find friends, audience, you know, uh, collaborators pretty easily. Very cool. So let me ask you this. Um, so you, you do, and I find this really interesting. A lot of IT people um, kind of ha- get drawn to analog. I, I've, I've been noticing this interesting trend. And, um, and some, as some of the listeners here know, I'm, I'm, I work in IT, IT security, systems administrator and everything. And it's funny because I'm, I'm noticing that I, I get so annoyed by digital so much that it's actually nice to kind of quote unquote disconnect and actually shoot analog. I mean, do you, do you find that the kind of same thing for yourself? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's great not to uh, stare at the screen. Uh, <laughs> it's also uh, good to sort of understand that the technology that has been held in the hand is, is kind of like it's all there. And it's, uh, it's you know, on the surface, it's easy to understand. You don't like get overwhelmed thinking about, you know, where the bits and bytes are flowing. And at the same time, it's extremely <laughs> impressive. You know, uh, I still remember your past episode with Kodak and how much work they have to do to just develop something. And so it's both impressive and uh, tactile. So Yeah. And it's also interesting, like when you talk about that and, and as I'm thinking, as you mentioned, bits and bytes and everything like that, and then trying to think about uh, the salt crystals on on the uh, on the emulsion where um, they're almost kind of like magnetic bits, if you think about it, where the salt crystal, if light hits it, then it 
is activated. You get that chemical reaction. And if there isn't any light there, then it's not activated. So you almost kind of have like ones and zeros right there in the film. It's kind of not that I'm thinking about it. It's kind of weird. But I mean, in a sense, it's like that's it's registering data in its own crazy, weird sense. So um, that's I, I never really gave it that much thought until you started talking about bits and bytes. So um, but uh, anyway, so let me ask you this. When when you you launched this based off a Kickstarter, correct? Uh, yeah, uh, there was a Kickstarter last year, and uh, I think it was 52 or 53 people have uh, given me a little bit of money, for which I'm very thankful for. And uh, uh, in return, they get a uh, zine that's been uh, features art and uh, work, not just by mine, but like by a few people who have also contributed. So, you know, in a sense, like, you know, I'd like to say, like, oh, you know, it's my website, but in reality, uh, there has been a lot of work by uh, people who are just, you know, either awesome and nice or just kind of like it. So and that's interesting. So um, what what was the catalyst for you to say, you know, I want to do a website where people can uh, creatives can contribute? What, what, what was that that kind of drove you? F- uh, yeah. So uh, when I graduated uh, college, uh, Wow, it's almost a decade ago. <laughs> uh, but then, I've, uh, you know, it, it was fairly easy to get a um, paid job for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, what I was hoping to get is um, uh, to get some income from making arts. And uh, mm-hmm. what I did is I built a website called uh, artsocket.com. Mm-hmm. And I tried to sell prints there. And I thought it would kind of make sense to like, oh, you know, um, you know, it's uh, images on the internet that are easily accessible and perhaps if there's good ones, people will buy it. But, you know, it did not turn out. What I did find is that best work that I've received was by people who should film and uh, namely um, a girl named Chi uh, on Twitter and uh, on Instagram, you can find her. Mm-hmm. Um, her work is incredible. And I, I looked at it and I thought about my experience shooting with uh, Loma cameras Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, film cameras as well. And I thought, you know what, this is, this is better And the community for film is much more robust mm-hmm. than just a general photography. So I just kind of decided to go with that and to, you know, sort of celebrate the people who've been, uh, just welcoming and nice oh, that's about cool. this whole topic. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, so had, were you shooting, photography like before analog cafe became a thing and everything like were you into photography at that point yeah so mm. i mean interestingly enough photography started uh with film and animation that's why okay. uh, i got a dslr some years ago mm-hmm. um and then that's where i took when i uh, started traveling around asia uh, i also had loma cameras but they did not handle the travel as well mm-hmm. um However, when I arrived here and after about a year, I realized that a lot of people in Thailand actually do enjoy shooting film. I found that there is like five labs in a city of a hundred thousand people. Um, so I I kind of started shooting that as well in here. So I'd say, you know, I've had experience shooting film, but maybe the past year, or two years, that's when I really went hardcore and started burning through rolls. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Man, that's crazy that that you guys had 
uh, uh, five labs in a city of 100,000 people. You're going to laugh at this. So Atlanta Metro uh, is roughly 6 million people, and we have mm-hmm. one photo lab. And and that's the one that I help out with and th- with, that's helped us get this off the ground, and that's done with your photo. And, and I'm completely blown away to hear that you have five labs in one city, and, and that kind of makes me – find it kind of interesting that uh, different cultures um, have still embraced film and everything like that. Is that just, I mean, do you have any idea why film is still embraced in uh, where you are? Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't speak for all the people, but mm-hmm. uh, so people seem to enjoy, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, hipster culture in mm-hmm. their own way. Okay. Um, film photography like you could get amazing glass mm-hmm. and you can get full frame sensor sort of speak for you know a couple of hundred dollars mm-hmm. uh, with the dslr that's just not going to happen sure um and uh yeah i don't know um it's just it's, it's quite popular here and i think mm-hmm. i think uh what the community like our community could benefit from is trying to connect not just the English speakers, but uh, mm-hmm. different cultures like here, like Thai people, the English is not commonly spoken here. So maybe that's why it's not as connected, let's say on Twitter and whatnot. Okay. But uh, I'd imagine in China, there is a lot of photographers and, you know, I know Philippines, they shoot a lot of films as well. Um, so we've yet to uh, unite to be a bigger force. Cool. So let me ask. Uh, let me ask you this uh, next question. So um, you, you talked about, uh, and this is kind of like a off the wall. I tried to come up with a question that's related, not related, and all that stuff. And so you mentioned that you 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 ran around with a whole bunch of Lomos and everything. So what's your thought on the on the new Diana Instant? Yeah, I mean, it sounds very cool. I like that it's square. I, I feel like it's an appropriate format. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks. Uh, I noticed that it has an external viewfinder, which could be a great thing or it could not. So I'm not sure. But I do remember <laughs> that uh, uh, Lomo cameras, they, yeah, they never have like a range finder or anything that, uh, you know, being external would be uh, a problem. So I, I would definitely like to try if I have a chance. Yeah, I find it really interesting, too, because um, I think they're saying this is the first um uh, instant camera with detachable or intercha- interchangeable lenses. And I'm instantly thinking, okay, I can come up with different ways. How do I mount different glass on it at that point? And mm-hmm. so for the longest time, you know, uh, with, with mint camera and everything, my biggest thing was um, more uh, control over these you know, these instant cameras. And I think it's very interesting that, um, that the new Diana instant squares will have aperture control on it. And so I was like, Ooh, this, this might be somewhat of an answer back to what Gary Ho has been trying to do. And so, um, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited because now I think 
uh, Lamography is now starting to kind of feel the heat, uh, especially now. I think that uh, Instant is now kind of being considered more of a uh, actual player in the photography community. I mean, I was never really interested in in Instant until maybe about a year and a half ago, and 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 with Gary, I'm even being I'm being more and more interested about the capabilities of Instant Film and. And I think a lot of people are realizing that as well. So that's really that's really neat. Um, so let's talk about some of the creatives that uh, uh, connect into your website, um, and 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 they submit articles about. You say most of it is is film, but not all of it is. Um, so um, tell tell me a little bit about uh, the work that people submit to you. Uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, the way it started is uh, I've got permission to republish some of the work that I had on the previous website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of it, uh, you know, there is one that's totally not filmed, but really cool. Uh, this guy had uh, newspaper cutouts um, in England. They had uh, some newspaper that he transformed into like a comedy, pretty much, um, with, uh, with his little art pieces. Um, and there's, there's a lot of variety of uh, submissions, um, that range from something like that to something as simple as a photo and a little bit about how that photo made the author think how that photo, uh, that's it converted them to film photography. Uh, and there was another artist that, uh, was going around uh, Hong Kong and photographing people with their eyes closed, thinking about, um, you know, what they want to do with their life, their biggest ambitions and kind of caption that. And so a lot of very, um, diverse stories. I guess that's kind of what I'm going for as well. Um, kind of introduce people themselves and, uh, their experiences through photography. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I was looking at your website and I came across a really cool article. Um, and I'm so sorry, I'm going to completely butcher this gentleman's name. And sir, if you are listening, I am terribly sorry. Uh, Robert Bultman, uh, he did an article called uh, Through the Green Fuse, Beyond Cameras, Lenses, and Computers. And and I find this really interesting because this is on Fujifilm RTP2, which is a uh, ISO 64 tungsten balanced um, uh, chrome. And, and I find this incredibly interesting because... Uh, he's taking like flowers and and greenery and vegetation and placing it, it looks like directly on the emulsion and then somehow he's running electricity through it and then exposing uh, the image on it. This is an interesting article. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about this. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, his uh, his work has been exhibited uh, in California. I guess you know it's hard to tell. Uh, how to hard to gauge how famous a person is or how important their work is sure. uh, just because there's so much art out there and there's so much to learn. But I, I found that his work particularly is just, there's a lot of uh, effort. Obviously he has a, a special built dark room for this, as I understand. And he obviously places everything uh, in the dark onto the film and he runs like, I think like 40,000 volts through it and that's how we see that blue hue around um around the vegetation around the flowers and it has this incredible look that you know from afar on a monitor it it kind of looks like some sort of a special effect 
But like once I learned about it more and once I understood what it really is to make this and try to imagine what it would look hanging on the wall as a huge print, it is just uh, something very special. I would really love to see it in person. Yeah, this is amazing. I mean, it, it's like it's abstract in its own way. Well, for sure, it's definitely abstract, but you know, it's, you can tell what it is and he didn't use a lens or anything. He's placed it directly onto the emulsion. This is, this is incredibly creative. And I, I mean, all the images here, I'm just completely drawn by it. I mean, this is, this is some excellent work. I am really impressed. I've, I've only read about it um, in other places. And like, maybe it's like one or two images where somebody is like, Oh, I'm playing around with this, but um, uh, he has, replicated this process over and over again and and to maintain uh i don't want to say same results but you know to have some kind of consistency in his imagery is absolutely phenomenal i'm actually blown away by this this is really cool so do you have any other like favorite articles or anything that submissions that uh, people have put into uh, through your website uh yeah okay so there is one uh I think is uh, jumping over an article uh, below. It's called Cold, uh, and that one is submitted by Scott. He's um, he's very vocal on Twitter. He's a nice gentleman from the America, and he has some very very cool photos in here from um, from his state of just like beautiful nature that he shot on his uh, interpret four by five camera and. I'm a huge fan of this. It's um, it's it's not abstract, but it's just good. The subtitle is "You don't get the good shots laying in bed." So here he talks about uh, you know having to go into nature and dealing uh, with the elements to take the pictures in a way that you know he had to stand you know in the freezing temperature and fiddle with like the big camera and try not to have his uh, fingers fall off in oh, the wow. process. Wow, that's uh, that is pretty intense. I mean, that you know, it's kind of it's interesting. I came across a a photographer um, in one of our earlier episodes uh, where we were interviewing curator uh, with the Booth Museum, which is a local museum uh, to us, and it was a, a photographer that was documenting um, uh, the. Um, it was a protest between the, um, I want to say it was the oil pipelines in, in the uh, Midwest from the West. And, um, she was shooting film and this was in, I want to say December where it was incredibly cold and the, uh, moisture that was coming off of her hands actually crystallized on the emulsion. And so when she took pictures and she got it developed uh you can actually see the crystals had actually interacted or prevented light from getting onto the emulsion so when she did these prints you kind of look at it and go whoa what the heck happened here and then the, the, unfortunately there wasn't much of a story like in the in the actual article uh or the the little caption to the image uh, that was on the wall but when i talked to the curator and she told me the story i was like oh my gosh that is insane that you know, shooting film in that kind of cold weather, you know, 
you know, the way that you handle it and all that stuff actually comes into play. So um, that's that's really interesting. And I'm kind of scrolling through here and I'm looking through some of your other sites. And I just came across the one right here towards the very beginning. Uh, you actually uh, had uh, Analog Wonderland. And um, for for some of the listeners that don't know, and I'm, I'm sure that it's not many that don't know Sunday 16 podcast, which by the way, uh, you guys are awesome. Keep up the great work. Uh, yes, a podcast actually uh, has suggested that another podcast listen to them. Um, they interviewed the analog, or excuse me, they interviewed, uh, uh, analog wonderland and, uh, you, you did too. So tell me about that experience talking about them. Cause I find them incredibly interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I met Paul on Twitter, like uh, most other people. And so um, we chatted a little bit and decided to make a bit of a an essay about his journey creating the story, because I thought that was uh, uh, one of the most interesting things about it, too. It's, uh, you know, he's solving a problem that's... Uh, um, that's novel in terms of we have so many diverse manufacturers of film uh, and, you know, you, you could get their film shipped to you. Uh, but the problem is that, you know, you want to sample, let's say, you know, a, a, a little bit of double, you want to try some Cinestill, you want to get uh, Japan Camera Hunter and so forth. And then you have to order from, you know, three different places already. And so right. most of the uh things that you pay for is just uh, freight and shipping. Right. Uh, so that's uh, my understanding what Analog Wonderland is solving in a big part. And currently they are in UK, mm. but he has mentioned that, you know, he's probably going to expand because the you know, idea is working. And uh, yeah, it's it very good to um, kind of learn about uh, what it takes to build something like this because uh, I know it's hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's the the interesting part about uh, all of us that um, we're creating in our own way where, you know, with you creating a site where people can submit content and myself with a podcast to deliver uh, and be a bridge to communicate uh, you guys to the listeners um, and then and then what Paul's trying to do to be, you know, a one stop shot for pretty much every single emulsion that you can get your hands on. Um, I think everybody recognizes how much work actually goes into it. I mean, er, you know, uh, each one of our projects is our baby. And, and so, and I think, uh, the community recognizes that. And I think it's absolutely awesome that people are able to step in and help. And, um, and, uh, uh, it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's day in day out work. I can, I think you would say that, you know, you're constantly thinking about analog cafe, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. All day. So, um, well, that's cool. So, um, let's talk about, about yourself again. So, um, tell me about some of the gear that, that you, uh, you like to use. Cause I know everybody likes to talk about the gear they got. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, before I got my, uh, favorite, uh, camera ever, uh, Vitessa L. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot with, um, with instant film. Uh, my wife's uh, instant camera is, uh, you know, uh, as you mentioned, Diana, too, I was thinking about uh, the potential of instant film and how, you know, it has a very decent resolution. If you have a good scanner and you scan it right, it could be printed pretty big if, if needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've been playing a lot with that and oh, experimenting. Cool. But the, 
But the one that I really, really like is um, it's a camera called Vitesse L. It's a German camera from uh, the late 50s. And uh, two favorite things about it, I guess, is uh, that one, it's foldable. It's a 35 millimeter uh, foldable uh, kind of a thing. It becomes kind of a brick, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it also has an incredible glass. And um, I don't know how people really rate lenses in terms of sharpness or whatnot, but it looks really good. It mm -hmm. looks, uh, you know, I'm not a, like a connoisseur of lenses, so to speak, but I could really <laughs> tell the difference. Sure. This one, it feels like uh, liquidy when it comes to either bokeh or, mm -hmm. in it, you know, even focus, you can still see the, uh, how it renders. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I, I think I kind of feel the same way where, um, I can start telling the way that uh, glass from different parts of the world uh, look like, for example, um, I'm, I'm starting to notice, you know, how um, uh, you have uh, Japanese glass versus uh, European glass. And and it's not so much like um, how sharp it is or anything, but it's like how the glass renders color. Um, so, uh, I want to say like, for example, some of the older Zeiss lenses, uh, uh, were, were European glass. And then you also have, um, uh, like for example, let's just say Nikon, uh, glass is Japanese glass. Um, and you can actually tell, you know, just how it renders colors differently. Let's, let's bring it back to analog cafe. So what is, um, what what do you have coming down the line for for Analog Cafe? Any any big announcements or anything along those lines that you want to tell the listeners? Uh yeah, absolutely. Um, perhaps when this goes live, or maybe a little bit uh, a day or two after, there will be an article about uh, taking submissions from the ladies. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm basically looking for posting. Um, photo essays, uh, you know, uh, posting images on Instagram as well that come from women or, you know, uh, or about feminism, right? It could be from anyone with any gender, but generally I want to focus on women in film and, uh, just sort of bringing in the talent and, uh, the passion that, uh, our, um, better half has in this, um, in this crazy world. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it's really cool that uh, you are reaching out to, um, I, I want to say, and uh, you know, don't, don't tear me up here, but um, we just don't hear enough from um, female creatives. Um, and I think, I mean, th they're definitely out there. I mean, you know, some of my, favorite photographers out there are female um you know uh we'll, we'll just go ahead and say like An annie Leibowitz is probably on my top five favorite photographers ever um and then you know you got other um not necessarily analog related but you know like sue bryce is another great photographer um and it's awesome that you're reaching out to to the female demographic to to submit and show that the um you know there are females in the creative community. And that's absolutely awesome that you're doing that. I know uh, Kodak has um, uh, made that as an effort as well. And I think uh, it's awesome to see, see that it's becoming uh, uh, cool to be a female and uh, to be a creative. So that's absolutely awesome. So I guess 
for, um, I guess, everybody that is interested in submitting, I guess, how do they go through that process? Uh, do they go to your website and then there's uh, like a collaborative collaboration link or something along those lines? Uh, yeah, it, you just uh, go to the website and there's a big uh, submit button at the very top. Uh, if you're on a mobile device, it will be uh, under the more dot 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 menu. Um, so it just generally explains um, right under that link what you need to do. Um, and the submission process is uh, is something that I've uh, contributed, I guess, a little bit of my skill in code and design, which is uh, it's literally like a uh, Word document uh, kind of interface. You just oh, type cool. your text, add the images, and send it in. You don't need to... Um, yeah, there's, I guess, a couple of quirks about it is that, one, um, you don't need to create an account to uh, create a submission. It will just kind of stay on your machine. So if you uh, made it on your laptop, it will stay in your laptop. It just kind of stays automatically. Uh, you could do it uh, while you're on a plane or in a train offline, too. Yeah, you just kind of throw your stuff in there. Uh, I prefer to have it uh, sort of organized, obviously, but um, I do edit every submission. And uh, uh, I'd like to say that, you know, there are some photographers who are just brilliant and they are not used to uh, writing. And I was really bad up until fairly recent. <laughs> no, trust me, I'm I'm the exact same way. It, I, I, You have to see my earlier writings in like, with with studio c41 where I, I i do actually send it up to um an editor she she's actually a, a novel writer uh, her name is eliza peak and um i i said eliza i need help with this because i my brain rattles off a million directions you know i'll i'll sit here talk about one thing and they go ooh squirrel and and you see that in my writing and so uh she helps me out uh whenever it comes to uh writing down articles like that and and that's absolutely awesome that you're able to provide that um uh to creatives because i think that's one of the scariest things is writing and putting something out there in the world because um as, as you can probably find out like with for me when i uh pushed out the interview with Jared Ortiz to Petapixel um, some people just were colorful, I guess would be the right word, um, as far as what he had to say. And and so it's it's a scary thing putting your stuff out there. But, I mean, when you have a community behind you, uh, that makes all the difference. And, and I think everybody uh, recognizes that. So, um, uh, so you have this interface. You can type, and then you're going through, and uh, you edit it, and then uh, – so it gets published up onto the website right after that? Uh, yeah, so it, it takes, uh, it, it depends on how many things are in the pipeline mm -hmm. and so forth. So it, it could take up to a week for me to edit and respond and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it, it's fairly straightforward. You just uh, place your work in and mm -hmm. it comes out as a publication. Um, you know, to be to be fair and to be honest, not everything gets published because mm -hmm. I do my absolute best to edit work and like even, even stuff that, that comes from people whose English is a second language or not even uh, like a primary yeah. language at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's usually not the problem. Like once in a while, uh, some certain submissions just, uh, 
uh, you're just kind of a little bit out of place. So when you have these articles like that go on your website, have you ever like considered like like I know you mentioned like back when um um you you did the uh, Kickstarter and you t- you did a zine and everything like that. Uh, is there like anything that where you guys have considered like doing, you know, putting these articles out into print and and uh, giving people an opportunity to have like almost like a like a little zine? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's uh, that's sort of a dream for uh, you know near future. Mm-hmm. Right now, though, I'm um, as mentioned, I'm in Chiang Mai, but I'm moving back to Canada within next uh, couple of weeks so it's a little bit hectic mm-hmm. uh, but once that's done i think it would make a perfect sense like even if you click on to any article mm-hmm. uh and you look at the url it would have zine in it so mm-hmm. i have definitely considered this and i'm oh, cool. still very excited about printing this because it just looks different you know i spend a ton of time trying to make it look pretty on the web but i know that on paper is something else that's awesome. And yeah, I, you know, it's something that, um, so I will admit, I, I don't claim to know everything, uh, on the show, uh, uh that's all on Steven. He's Mr. Know-it-all. But however, I have found, um, the, as, um, Matt Stoffel had, uh, quoted it, the underground zine. And I didn't really know that much in, uh, about, uh, zines. I know, you know, it's kind of like your own, uh, print and printing your own work and everything. But, you know, I started thinking about it after uh, we had a uh, follower whose name's uh, Edward Kunde, um, where he he actually sent us a zine. And I was just like, oh, man, this is so cool. And and this was my first time actually holding a zine and actually seeing somebody saying, I want to print this. I want to put this out into the world. And and it's got me thinking, like, I kind of want to do a zine. And, and it's so important that people print their work and, um, and, uh, for, for those that are listening, uh, uh, just a sneak peek, I will be talking about, uh, on our next upcoming episode, uh, the episode is called print your work, dang it. Um, where, where we talk about the different types of paper you're printing on and all that stuff. And I think print is something that, um, not just analog uh, photographers, but I think digital are now realizing the importance of printing your work and actually seeing it on a physical medium, even more so importantly from digital, because it, it's not the same feeling when you're looking at it on the screen. I mean, you have LED that backlights your backlights your uh, images and everything, and then when you uh, when you see it off reflected light, you know, light bouncing off of a print. It is a totally different feeling. And especially when you print big, it just, it's, you get it almost like a satisfaction with your work. And that's absolutely awesome that you're considering and looking into that because I would absolutely love to, to uh, get a zine and, and read more about the photographers um, and the creatives that you have on your websites um, um, coming in through. So um I asked you before we hit the big recording button, I said, if there's a question that you really wanted me to ask you um, during this interview that I have not asked, have you thought about that at all? Uh, yeah, perhaps. Uh, um, how do I put it in the question form? Um, could you ask me how am I going to get the people to collaborate a little bit tighter and a little bit more inclusive on the website. 
Yeah. So how do you how are you, how are you going to do that? How are you going to get people to collaborate? Uh, yes. Uh, thank you for that, <laughs> that thoughtful question. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a, there's a couple of things that I'm uh, still working on there. They're a little mm-hmm. bit technical, uh, but I think they're worth it. So there, there's one part uh, that I'm experimenting with right now is to get uh, multiple authors on the same article. Mm-hmm. And the way that it works is that there could be somebody could be a writer and somebody could be a photographer mm-hmm. or there could be a number of photographers. And when their work is combined, uh, for, uh, like everybody is kind of mentioned uh, at the very top, like who's participating in, in each photo. Uh, gets a credit to the photographer so it could be multiple uh, amount of people involved in an article so i mean like it's there but it's it's uh, it needs some oil mm-hmm. uh, obviously uh, to work a little bit better and it's, uh, you know getting people together is not as easy as asking yeah. for a submission yeah uh, and then another part that i'm uh, fairly excited about and um is is getting more editor involved because because it's mostly mostly that's me who writes and edits, but you know, obviously there's a wife that helps me make it legible and just like <laughs> worth a damn, really. She uh, she makes it good, and sure. so um, I would like to give credits to the editors on mm-hmm. each entry, and I'd like to involve uh, more people as well, just like sort of outside of the family. Uh, there's a gentleman uh, that I've been talking uh, talking to about this. A little while ago, uh, Lee Webb. He's a he's a really good writer, and he has his uh, uh, own blog. Uh, uh, my my favorite, Lee, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. And so he he writes a lot about uh, living as a, a British person in uh, in China in Shanghai. Interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I would really love to have uh, sort of his editorial input, and actually, like anyone who's uh, who's interested in, you know, transforming and collaborating in the written pieces. That's awesome. And, and it's really important that we tell stories along with the images that we shoot. Um, I think images by just looking at and interpreting um, is one thing, but, you know, most memorable things like we, we hear the story um with uh, Ansel Adams and we hear his, him telling the story about uh, moonlight over Hernandez. And, um, and he tells the story in a way that's so captivating that, that makes this image even more amazing. And I think it's so important to tell stories with the images that we take. And I think you are absolutely doing an awesome job with doing that and continuing the uh, tradition of storytelling. So Dimitri, thank you, sir, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on this uh, interview. So tell me, how do we find you uh, on the interwebs? Uh, Yeah, it's just analog.cafe instead of the .com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's typically the best way, uh, you know, slash about has uh, links to Instagram, which is analog underscore cafe, I believe, uh, Facebook is a little bit more tricky. My, uh, my handle got taken. So it's analog eight cafe. Mm-hmm. Those are, where else am I in Twitter? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, analog underscore cafe. That's where I spend most of my time. Awesome. 
Well, Dimitri, thank you again, sir, for uh, joining us here. And uh, we can't wait to see the next story and your collaboration with female creatives on Analog.Cafe. Thank you again, sir. And we will see you guys on the next episode. See ya. Thank you. Thank you.